get everybody everything that they think they need. And we call it Christmas, which is, you know, we celebrate the birth of our Christ. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave. Sometimes I don't know if we pay attention to that gave part of it. For us as Christians, every day is Christmas. Because God gave us the gift of Jesus. Jesus could have said, no, I'm not doing this. He gave us himself. Jeff said something in class this morning about he had a book, for a Bible for his daughters that had words written in the, the column there. And uh, he said, you know, someday maybe they'll use it and it may go up on a shelf. Do we put the gift that God gave us on the shelf? As, as we gather here this morning to partake of the bread and the fruit of the vine, I hope that we'll all focus on the fact that we have a gift to be thankful for each and every day when we wake up. We commemorate this once a week. Scripture says uh, when the disciples gathered on the first day of the week to break bread, it's a blessing that we're able to do this. And this time of year, I know we really look at Christmas, but for us as Christians, that's every day of our lives. Let's pray together. Father, we come before you grateful for this opportunity to partake in this supper. As we partake of this bread, we pray that um, we're mindful of the fact that Jesus died on the cross for us and that his body was given. As we do this, let us do it in a way that's pleasing and acceptable to you. In his holy name we pray. Amen.
Would you bow with me as we give thanks for the fruit of the vine? Father, we come before you once again so grateful for this cup, the fruit of the vine, the blood of Jesus that washes us and cleanses us. We're so grateful for this cleansing. I pray, God, that uh, as we take this, we remember that Jesus shed his blood for us. Through him we ask and pray. Amen. Now comes the time in our worship service where we return a portion of that that God has blessed us with. Um, if you um, are not here in person, there's an opportunity for you to give on our website. Um, otherwise, let's pray together and give thanks for what we've been blessed with. God, we're grateful for the blessings of this life. We're so grateful that we have this opportunity to return a portion of that to you that you've blessed us with. Uh, help us, Lord, as we do this, to do this in a, a manner that's acceptable and pleasing and not begrudgingly. Thank you again for all that you do for us. Through our Jesus we pray. Amen.
can't believe it's really you. Uh, yeah. I'm so sorry about the trap and everything, but I really need... Hey, why are you taking our Christmas tree? Well... One of the lights wasn't working, so I thought I'd take it back to the workshop and see if I could fix it. I didn't know you did that. Yeah, sure. Now, why don't you go back upstairs to bed, and then when you wake up, the tree will be fixed and your presents will be waiting under Wait, it. Wait, you don't understand. I don't want presents. <laughs> of course you do. Everyone wants presents. No, no, really, I don't. I want you to help my mom. R your mom? Yeah. She works so hard. And is always doing stuff for other people. And I just want her to be happy. You want me to help your mom? You're Santa. You make people happy. And everyone should be happy, right? Yeah, I, I guess they should. Santa, are, are you okay? What? Uh, yeah. I'm fine. Now, why don't you go back up to bed? Hmm? Okay. I wish you could celebrate with us tomorrow. We all get together and sing. It's so beautiful that if you close your eyes and listen, all of your sadness just goes away. That sounds nice. <laughs> little who girl all right max let's go he tried to forget it but the words filled his head and he found himself thinking about what the young girl had said it was hard to imagine could it really be true but if they could all be happy maybe he could be too All right, before we dismiss for Children's Church this morning, I need all my kids, all the kids up on stage, come join me. We're going to talk for just a minute before you take off. All my children, come on. Come on. You're... See there, it's okay. Allie, come get this mic. You're going to be my designated mic passer. All right, so we just watched a, we just watched a little video clip, right? And, and in that video clip, Santa was stealing the presents and the Christmas tree. Why was Santa stealing the Christmas tree? Well, it was a who? No, Santa, he had a beard and he had a red hat and he had the red, red suit and the, the things with the little puffy balls on it, right? Right? His skin was green and his hands were furry. And what? And what? He was ugly. Well, you know, there's there's lots of. He, but that wasn't really Santa. 
Well, how, how can you be sure? But he had a beard, and he had the red suit with the puffy balls, and 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 nobody that. And, but how do you know if he's real or not? How do you know if he's real or not? How do you know if that's the real one or the fake one? Cause what? Cause he was stealing the presents. So maybe you know who he is by what he does. Does that make sense? Is that is that true? Do we agree with that over here? We can tell the real one by, by what he does. That's pretty good. I think I think y'all just preached the sermon. We need to sing a song and go home. Hey, do you anybody remember our memory verse from last week? Ezekiel thirty six twenty six. What was it, Jack? I will give you a new heart. I will give you a new heart. I wish I had a prize for you. He needs a prize. I'll give you a prize after church, all right? Hey, next week, Ezekiel 36, 26, remember that. I will give you a new heart. That's what God promises, and he delivers that promise through Jesus. You guys can go. If you're going to children's church, head out. If you're not, you can find your way back to your seat. Thank you. In the meantime, Allie's going to leave. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just harassing her. I think Cullen has another song, and so as they're heading out, will everybody join in standing? Let's all sing out this next song. <clears throat> oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel, that mourns in lonely exile here, until the Son of God
Well, good morning, good morning. Once again, I want to join everybody else who has welcomed you this morning in welcoming you and thanking you for, uh, for joining us here. Um, whether you are physical or, or digital, we're glad you're here and we want to thank you and, and welcome you. Before we dive into uh, our, our message today, there are a few things that I want us to cover uh, logistical things about what's coming up in the next few days and, and, and weeks. Um, this coming Wednesday night will be our traditional candlelight service. That is this Wednesday night at 6.30. And so if you, uh, if you a lot of us enjoy that, um, we're going to have, uh, we're going to sing Christmas songs. We're going to read uh, some of the uh, birth scriptures and uh, we'll have a, a, a little uh, devotional talk, and then we will uh, uh, wrap up. And so that is uh, this Wednesday night at 6.30 if you uh, want to make plans to be here for that. Then next Sunday, the Sunday after Christmas, there will be no Sunday school that morning. And so that means for, uh, for children and adult classes, no Sunday school next week. Now, I think there will be people here at that time, just in case somebody shows up. Or if you want to show up and, uh, and pray with somebody, or you want to show up and just fellowship, that's fine. Um, but we will not be having classes at that time. And then the following Wednesday, the 29th, we're going to have a prayer service specifically dedicated at, at looking forward and, and praying for the new year. Um, I, I think uh, if we've learned nothing else from the last two years, we need to pray a lot and uh, see if we can, uh, see if we can uh, usher in a better one, um, ask God to usher in a better one. So that will also be at 630 uh, in here in, instead of our, our traditional there. I think we will, where's Heather? We will have, a, we will have children's classes. She's not here. So we're going to say that we'll get back to you on that because I am not authorized to make that uh, assessment, so that's beyond my pay grade. Um, okay, so at any rate, this morning, as we move into the next part of, of the, 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 our series on the Grinch, um, we get to the place where he is uh, raiding the houses, right? And uh, flip that next slide because I got the text up there, but I can't read it on my... Uh, then he slunk to the icebox, he took the Who's Feast, he took the Who Pudding, he took the Roast Beast. He cleaned out the icebox as quick as a flash, why that Grinch even took their last can of Who Hash. Then he stuffed all the food up the chimney with glee, and now, grinned the Grinch, I will stuff up the tree. And the Grinch grabbed the tree and he started to shove. When he heard a small sound like the coo of a dove, he turned around fast and he saw a small Who, Cindy Lou Who, who was not more than two. The Grinch had been caught by this tiny Who daughter who'd got out of bed for a cup of cold water. She stared at the Grinch and said, Santa Claus, why? Why are you taking our Christmas tree? Why? But you know, that old Grinch was so smart and so slick, he thought up a lie and he thought it up quick. Why, my sweet little tot, the fake Santa Claus lied. There's a light on the tree that won't light on one side, so I'm taking it home to my workshop, my dear. I'll fix it up there, then I'll bring it back here. There's a great story, oh, I'm sorry, I, I jumped out, and his fib fooled the child, then he patted her head, and he got her a drink, and he sent her to bed. Now, there's a great story, an old preacher story, um, that uh, it, it talks about when the Secret Service trains bank employees to spot counterfeit money. 
And the old preacher story goes that when they, when they do that, they don't show them the counterfeits. They only show them the real thing. And uh, that, that they don't let them look at the counterfeits. They only let them look at the real thing. And, and, and then the preacher's story goes that, you know, if you only focus on the real thing, then, then you're better able to, to spot the fakes. The problem with that preacher's story is that it's not true. And uh, now, not all preacher stories are not true, but that one is one that makes for a great sermon. But uh, when, when you've been around a little bit like I have, you start to have some connections. And I'm blessed to have uh, a kid that was in my youth group way back when who is now a Secret Service agent. And so when I talked to him about this story, he laughed and said, that, no, that's not true. And he didn't understand why anybody would believe that because pointing out the, the problems with the fakes is what helps you recognize the, the real thing. Um, the, the, both are essential. You, you've got to be able to understand what's wrong with the wrong, and you've got to be able to understand what's authentic uh, uh, about the real. So that, that's our point this morning. It, it's also beneficial for us to be able to recognize the real from the fake. Just like Cindy Lou Who is talking to the fake Santa, we've got to learn how to recognize the real from the fake. Take, take the Chinese Jesus, for example. Y'all didn't know there was a Chinese Jesus, did you? A high school ethics textbook published by the Chinese government includes a version of John 8. And in that version, uh, unlike our version of John 8, when Jesus is presented with the woman caught in adultery, you know, he says, go and sin no more, and he, and he bends down, he uses without sin, cast the first stone. In the Chinese uh, government version, Jesus stones her um, because she is outside of the law. And so sometimes it's real easy to spot a fake. We, we would all be able to tell that that one wasn't the, the real deal. And it's easy for us to see things like that and go, oh, well, that's easy. We'd never fall into that. Unfortunately, it's not totally true. Scott McKnight, in one of his books, wrote about a test that he does with his students every year. And, and he's a college professor and a theologian. And as he's, he's teaching these kids, he gives them this test. And in this test, it starts out asking them questions about their own personality. Um, what do you like? What do you not like? Are you, are you moody? Are you dramatic? Are you, you know, all, all the things, right? And, and then he gives them, uh, they, they take this test, they turn in. Then a few days later, he gives them another test. And on this test, they're talking about Jesus. What do you think Jesus is like? Is, is he moody? Is he, is he uh, annoyed? Is he, does he do this? Does he? And invariably, the personality test and the Jesus test always match up. Because sometimes we're still making Jesus in our own image. We're still having a fake Jesus instead of the real one, even though it's not as dramatic as the, uh, as the Chinese version. McKnight's questionnaire confirms the, the French philosopher Voltaire who said three centuries ago, if God has made us in his image, we are endeavoring to return him the favor. Um, there are a lot of us as Christians today, just like Cindy Lou Who is, is in that living room talking to the fake Santa, there are a lot of us as Christians who are following a fake Messiah. 
And this morning, I want us to look at that just a little bit. If you have your Bibles, Matthew chapter 24 is where we're going to start. Matthew chapter 24, verse 3 through 8. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. Tell us, they said, when will this happen and what will be the signs of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah, and will deceive many. You'll hear, war, hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginnings of birth pains. Basically, Jesus says, look, don't be fooled. Don't be deceived. There's going to be a lot of fake Christs. There's going to be a lot of fake messiahs. But even today, with that in our hands, with us having that, uh, that, that, that information, that, that admonition from Jesus, we still get caught up. Let me give you another example. In 2004, members of Congress from both sides of the aisle and other Washington dignitaries were invited to something called a Peace Awards Banquet. Sounds great, right? When they got there, they found a very strange ritual being conducted. Instead of an awards banquet, it was a coronation of sorts where there was a ritual and a golden crown was placed on the head of Sun Young Moon. You remember the, the some of y'all are old enough to remember that. And, and the golden crown was placed on the head of Sun Young Moon and his wife. And, and then he gave this big speech. And the New York Times would later translate the speech as this. Emperors, kings, and presidents have all declared to heaven and earth that Reverend Sun Young Moon is none other than humanity's Savior, Messiah, returning Lord, and true parent. See, sometimes we end up with a fake Messiah when we didn't even mean to. It's not always that blatant. Sometimes it's a little bit more sneaky. In the 90s, there was what has now been called the Church of Oprah. Uh, basically, there were books written that talked about the effect that Oprah had had on our country. Um, there were studies where, uh, let me see, over 33% of respondents claimed that, this was in 2006, that, that Oprah Winfrey had had a more profound impact on their spiritual life than any other person. Uh, USA wrote a story as Oprah now America's pastor. But Oprah began preaching this idea of, of if you just take care of yourself, everything will be okay. Now that sounds okay. But, but then it started being, well, you need, to, you need to buy yourself some lavish gifts and you need to, you need to pamper yourself because you deserve it. The problem with that is there's nothing wrong with that statement until it starts to override other statements because it is against everything that Jesus taught. Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me doesn't really jibe with that New Age thinking. It's easy, before we know it, to be following the wrong Messiah. Matthew 24, Jesus continues. Uh, Matthew 24, starting at verse 23. At that time, if anyone says to you, look, here's the Messiah, or there he is, do not believe it. 
For false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you ahead of time. So if anyone tells you there he is out in the wilderness, don't go out. Or, or here he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as lightning comes from the east, is visible even in the west, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Jesus says, look, don't go running after every fake Messiah that comes along. And, and all the people are going to show up and they're going to tell you that this is going to save you, or that's going to save you, or I'm going to save you. Don't be suckered. Don't be deceived and don't go running after chasing every false Messiah that comes along. Now, it's easy. It's easy for us to get there. And, and, and before we know it, we're there. And so we ask ourselves, how do I know? How, how do I know if I'm chasing the right Messiah or not? How do I know if the one I'm following is the right Messiah or not? How, how do I know? And if you get there and you get to that point, let me tell you, don't feel bad because you're in good company. In, in, in the Gospel of Luke, we hear a story about John the Baptist. John the Baptist thought the same thing. Luke chapter 7, verse 18. John's disciples told him about all these things, all the things that Jesus was doing. Calling two of them, he sent them to the Lord to ask, Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? When the men came to Jesus, they said, John the Baptist sent, you to, sent us to you to ask, Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? The, the questions... That, that, that are asked here is, is interesting to me. Because John is in jail, right? And he hadn't done anything wrong. He's just preaching. Herod didn't like what he was preaching, so he threw him in jail. John is in jail, and he's hearing all these great things that Jesus has done. This is the same guy who baptized Jesus. This is the same guy who saw the Spirit descend on him like a dove. This is the same guy who heard an audible voice from heaven, and he's still asking, are you really the one? So I think the, the point here is when you hit your time of doubt and you're wondering, is this really the one? You're in good company. It's okay. John the Baptist, who saw way more than any of us have seen personally, still says, he still has that little sliver of doubt, are you the one? And look at verse 21 for Jesus' answered. At that very time, Jesus cured many who had diseases, sicknesses, and evil spirits, and he gave sight to many who were blind. And he replied to the messengers, Go back and report to John what you've seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. Jesus says, You want to know how to tell if you're following the right Messiah? You look at the fruit it's producing. Changed lives. Lives made new. New hearts. That's what you look for. And you look for that fruit. And if that fruit is being produced, then you can bet you're probably following the right Messiah. This morning, I'm here to tell you that we all have a bunch of Grinches sneaking around in our living rooms. We all have a bunch of Grinches sneaking around trying to shove our joy up the chimney. And it's easy to get suckered into that. There are, there are lots of things in this world right now who want to be our Messiah, who want to be our Savior, but really all they're doing is stealing our joy. All they're doing, while they sound like the real thing, are not. Let me, let me be as blunt as I can. If you're looking to anything other than Jesus Christ for your salvation, you're heading down the wrong road. 
I, I don't know how to say it anymore. And, and whether that Messiah is Sun Young Moon, or, or, or whether that Messiah is, is Joe Biden, Donald Trump, the Democratic Party, the Republican Party, I don't care. If you're looking at something else to save you, you're heading down the wrong road. If you're looking at the Church of Christ to save you, if you're looking at at your way of worship, if you're looking at your perfect obedience, if you're looking at anything other than Jesus Christ, you're heading down the wrong road. There are those who insist that we're saved by a lot of things. There are those who are going to tell you that you can be saved by a lot of things. None of these things are valid. Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one, period, comes to the Father except through me. Later, when when Peter is preaching, he's going to say, look, there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. There is only one Messiah. There is only one way to God. And the fake's not going to save you. There's a great story in the Associated Press of a guy in New Zealand. His name was Ivan Segedin. He had been ticketed 32 times over five years for not wearing his seatbelt. But Ivan was so stubborn, he still did not want to wear his seatbelt. And so he came up with a brilliant idea. He created a fake. He created a sash that he would drape over him when he drove so that he wouldn't have to wear a seatbelt. And it worked! He stopped getting tickets, and it was great until he had a head-on collision. Because the fakes will work for a while, but when the chips hit the fan, when you hit the time of trouble, fake's not going to help you. There is only one Messiah. And when we're following any other Messiah, when we're following any other Savior other than Jesus, we're going down the wrong road. That's the good news. The good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ is not that you're going down the wrong road. It's that everybody is welcome on the road. It's that Jesus knew that you were going to have doubts. Jesus knew that you were going to have struggles. Jesus knew everything that you think is keeping you from Him, and He still died for you. Period. This morning, maybe you're sitting there and you followed Him, but you've let some of these other messiahs get in the way. Maybe this morning you've never followed him and, and, and you're walking around thinking, I, I, I got this, I don't need a savior. I'm here to tell you, there is only one savior. There's only one messiah. And his name is Jesus Christ. If we can help you find him this morning, we're going to stand and we're going to sing a song. As we do, I encourage you to come. If we can help you find that savior, won't you come right now?